Um, is there any anything else you guys need before we go? Before we start, <laughs> so to make sure everything's need good. Some and refreshments. Ready. Refreshments. Yeah. Can I get you? Are you soon? offering or like? <laughs> <laughs> A chainsaw finds some meat. It's Flashback 64. Alright, your check (laughs) is in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Flashback 64, the chronological Nintendo 64 podcast. I'm Gooey, joined by my co-host McKenna. Hello. And we we don't have two Johns, but we have two Andrews. Uh, we are joined today, returning guest, uh, my good pal, my podcasting brother. We got Andy Spiteri. Hey, what's up? And we are joined. We have a brand new guest coming on. We're we're happy to have him. Graphic designer, video essayist, uh, musician. Uh, we've got Andrew Elmore. Hello. How's it going, pal? Uh, you know, been better, been worse. <laughs> Hanging in there. It ain't found a way to kill me yet. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, have plenty of time for Doom 64, I take it. <laughs> yeah, there's always time for Doom 64. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, yeah, we're glad to have you here. Um, as I'm always, when we, to be here. when we have a brand new guest, we obviously we, we like to ask them about their connection to the namesake of our show, the Nintendo 64. Um just you know, as a little icebreaker. So, Andrew, what's what's your background? How did how how you first encounter the a Nintendo sixty four? <clears throat> well, I was born in the year of our Lord nineteen ninety three. Uh, there was a Genesis and a DOS machine in the house. Um, at some point, the Genesis was sold for an N sixty four by my dad, who wanted the next cool thing. So okay. I was, <laughs> I guess, three and a half or something like that when. I presumably tore it open Christmas morning. Don't really remember that. Right. Okay. Um, I did play a lot of Doom on uh, our Packard Bell, whatever that machine was. It might have been a 486. No, it was Windows 95. Anyway, whatever. I played a lot of Doom on a computer as a very small child and uh, turned out just fine. Definitely. Don't worry (laughs) about that. Um, But I did not actually encounter Doom 64 until some years later. But uh, the N64 was my primary home console throughout its era, I guess. And I feel like I lived in a weird bubble um, out here in the Puget Sound area around Seattle where all of my friends also had N64s. And there was like the one weird kid with the PlayStation. And then I grew up and that is the opposite of the case everywhere else, apparently. But uh, yeah, I, f- I feel yeah, I, I know that that feeling of like, um, like even on this show, like we're when we are looking back or talking to people who experience a certain game at a certain time, it's it's fun to be like, oh, okay, this what this game was a bigger deal than I thought of, or this console or whatever was a bigger deal than like what my you know eight year old brain <laughs> thought of it as the as, as you know how it was formed at the time. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely weird out here with Nintendo's headquarters for <clears throat> the United States up in Redmond. Because the whole, Mm. like, my uncle works at Nintendo playground joke was true just often enough out here that it became a problem. Uh, Like, my best friend in third grade, his mom did work at Nintendo for a long time, and uh, she could, like, 
sit down and like speed run is not the right word, but that's what it felt like watching her just like power through Contra three. It was like, this was the most impressive thing that my child mind has ever seen. Um, but yeah, this was a very like, uh, I guess Nintendo and later Xbox E focused area. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like right. as things globalize later on, that was no longer the case. But, uh, anyway, late nineties <laughs> around Seattle, a lot of N64s going around in a lot of kids houses. I'll put it that way. For sure, yeah. Nintendo, uh, like, well, they uh, don't they they own the the baseball team, is that right? Nintendo? They did. Oh, they, they did. Okay. They recently sold their stake in the Mariners, but yeah. Okay, fantastic. But yeah, Mike, I know Microsoft around there too. I I I had some. I actually had a friend who had an uncle <laughs> who lived out there that worked at Microsoft. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that you're closer to like uh, ground zero of those types of rumors. Yeah, <laughs> you get in just close enough to start those rumors. There you go. I, yeah. I agree. Actually, I I don't know. Like that. Now that you said it, like all my friends had N sixty fours. I feel like almost nobody that I knew had a had a PlayStation. Which, it, like, when you look at the sales, it's like you'd think that it would be the opposite. But yeah, I'm with you there, man. Yeah, I have no idea how that worked out, but I grew, uh. I grew up in like a pretty small town, so it was like. Like there, there was probably of like the groups of kids I hang with, hung out with. It was probably like half and half, and then there were some who, you know, if they're the rich kids, they had both, <laughs> obviously, yeah. or they'd have something like a freaking Game Gear or something. And you're like, what the hell is that thing? One of those <laughs> Sega things. <laughs> I almost put on my old Sega sports hat as a joke before turning the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Don't don't betray us like that. <laughs> What was no, I, I, I grew up into a second. I, I didn't start. I'm not gonna way, have. But... I don't know. What was the split? Oh no. Not. I don't know about that era. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't remember when I was. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. You had a friend. I feel like it. I wasn't like super conscious of what consoles other people had <laughs> until like the Wii came out and, okay, and yeah. everyone had a Wii. That's yeah. yeah, that's a whole different that's a different reality entirely. I feel like as a kid it was mm-hmm. like everyone had a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That's what I remember. Uh, everyone my everyone in my school had a Game Boy for sure. Like to the point where they were having to like crack down on it. Oh yeah, and when Pokemon <laughs> was at its was at its highest, you can bring your Game Boy, you can trade cards. <laughs> cards. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel Same. like it, it wasn't until the PS2 came out that I really noticed like lots of people moved away from Nintendo and like lots of people now had PlayStation. I'm sure like a lot of people had the PSX, but like especially because the PS2 had like the DVD player in it, which was like yeah. so like revolutionary at the time. That's when I was just like, okay, now everybody like now I'm like one of the only <laughs> Nintendo people left. What's going on here? Yeah, I remember actually going on like a like a field trip where you know we stayed over at some place and then went to like museums when uh, this was probably this was like right around the time the ps2 came out and the gamecube was out like early on in that and i remember like one kid at like the room he was staying at he brought his ps2 and it was like oh yeah like he, he can listen to music and like watch movies and stuff and that was like the cool place to hang and i brought yeah. i brought my gamecube with uh the zelda collector's edition and i was like Wait, I'm gonna beat Majora's Mask, guys. <laughs> That's a tough look too, because the PS2 is so like sleek and cool looking. <laughs> like the GameCube I had, had a handle. handle with its pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, I brought my lunchbox. 
right, well, this this is not a GameCube podcast, so uh, we got to hold off on that for not a while. <laughs> Before we get into the game proper, let's, of course, let's go ahead and do our uh, our patented flashback segment, see what was going on at the time. We are moving, we're moving forward from March 25th. Doom 64 came out uh, April 4th, 1997. And I've just got information here from all of April. So we're going to get in the mind space of April 1997. Number one song, six weeks uh, as the number one song in America is Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy featuring Mace. Other songs that are newcomers on the top five include All By Myself by Celine Dion, For You I Will by Monica from the Space Jam soundtrack. Space Jam will still not let go of uh, America. It's still got it in its grips. And Hypnotize by Notorious B.I.G. This leads into our number one albums. Um, For one week, we had Nine Lives by Aerosmith. Um, (laughs) Trying to figure out, I was like, does that line up with Armageddon? No, not quite. Not yet, not yet. Not yet. Oh, I thought nine. I thought that was '96. I was a. That was a. Do we or do we not want to miss a thing? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Ninety-eight. I I think it's ninety-eight. Deep impact. Is that okay? I think the Rock was ninety-six. If we're going by the Bay timeline, as as opposed to the Gregorian calendar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The other number one album for the rest of the month of May was uh, "Life After Death" by Notorious B.I.G. There we go. Which had, of course, uh, hypnotize. More money, more problems. Um, yeah, it's a good. Great- you know, it has an it has an awesome song on it that uh, is. I'm not gonna say the title here. It's very graphic, but it has R. <laughs> Kelly. It has R. Kelly in it, so it's like very weird to listen to now. Oh, but it's still, like, such a cool song, you know. That's that's a lot of <laughs> 90s stuff where you're like, oh, this has yeah. R. Kelly in it. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, weird yeah. now. So last episode, we talked about how uh, Liar Liar, starring Jim Carrey, uh, was number one movie. It has a it ends its three week streak at number one, uh, giving way to Anaconda, which uh, reigns for two weekends, and then followed by Volcano. So this was a prime time for I guess some like uh, schlock, <laughs> some cool schlocky <laughs> movies. Uh, both Anaconda and Volcano are ridiculous, uh, but awesome movies. Andrew, weren't you you were you were singing the praises of it, weren't you? Or no, you you said you had the Dante's Peak uh, laser disc, did you not? Oh yeah, that was a <laughs> case where uh, my wife made a list of movies that she like saw on TV a lot growing up and wanted me to keep an eye out for. And I was at Scarecrow Video, and they had Dante's Peak on a dang laser disc, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take that home for a dollar. I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar, as they say. <laughs> that movie's all right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fine. We watched that recently as well, too, and quite enjoyed it. I just wanted to get in. I wanted to mention and shout out the Laserdisc format, uh, which is, I think, one of the best ways to watch a movie where you have to get up <laughs> and change it uh, halfway through the movie. Oh, not mine, baby. <laughs> no. Oh, you got the automatic? <laughs> wow, that's fancy. TriStar Pictures invites you on a journey into the grip of fear. Anaconda. 
other notable games uh, from the time, we had uh, Vandal Hearts, Need for Speed 2, and Redneck Rampage. Wow. <laughs> I want to play that game. Oh, no, you do not. No, you do not. Take it from me, buddy. No, you do not. Did that not have an N64 release? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I think that I was thought I saw it sold on exclusively list. on a big box at Walmart. <laughs> a big box at Walmart. It's one of those games. Um, this also, this was the time when Sony released the dual analog controller for the PS1. So, um, people who are sitting sitting here playing their uh, their Doom with with just uh, the C buttons on the N64 probably starting to get jealous of that that dual stick yeah. <laughs> yeah also people that are playing doom on ps1 from two years prior are yes. sitting there looking at that dual stick being like man i wish i had this <laughs> <laughs> other little things that happened in april uh april 5th the crocodile hunter debuted um wow, wow. so that came into our lives and april 30th um ellen degeneres came out in public i'm so afraid to tell people i mean i just susan I'm gay. Oh, Andy, I wanted to I wanted to give you an update, a wrestling update because it's it's your boy. Oh, but we yes. we can we mentioned in the last episode. Um, uh, you had the famous uh, Bret Hart Stone Cold Steve Austin match at WrestleMania. So their mm-hmm. their feud has continued into April. I was watching, and um, this is prime Bret Hart smack talking America. And talking about <laughs> just completely oh, good. trashing America, um, it's like uh, it's amazing. <laughs> what what month did he have his legendary Pittsburgh line? Last week, I said the United States of America was one big giant toilet bowl. If you were gonna give the United States of America an enema, you'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's not bad. I've never been to Pittsburgh. I'm sure it's a lovely city. I like I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh a lot, actually. <laughs> what a good line. What one weird thing that I don't remember hearing about is uh Vader, the wrestler Vader, was detained in Kuwait. Wait, yep. <laughs> he was I remember that. He uh he beat the, he beat the shit out of some he talk did, show. He host. did he did uh, attack the guy. He grabbed him by his collar. <laughs> he didn't he didn't like assault him. Isn't That's that his job? Yes, so he was he was being interviewed on Good Morning Kuwait, and the the interviewer asked him if wrestling was fake, and he like you know he grabbed him by the collar and he's like, does this feel fake or whatever? And uh, he got in big trouble. He got well. It said that they he stayed in a luxury hotel for two weeks, which made me start to question <laughs> like, <his> will. <laughs> yeah, right. It said he was detained, and they started promoting it on. TV, they with like mm. they had a picture of him with like bar bars, um, but I was looking it up and it's it everywhere says it's real, but you never you never know with wrestling, you know. It, it's totally okay. it's totally real. I remember listening to like some podcasts so like the Undertaker was right beside him or whatever while yes, this was happening. That was the funniest part was he's yelling at this guy and, <laughs> and the fucking Undertaker is just yeah. sitting there just like watching like. All right, all right. Blazed <laughs> out of his door, just chilling. That's, yeah. I've never watched Mia wrestling, but I feel like if you invite some wrestlers onto a talk show and ask if it's fake and it's the late 90s, the proper response is for him to grab you by the collar and yell, it does this feel fit? Like, that That should be expected. Like, you're playing into that, right? Like, feel, that's the yeah. improv bit? Is that? No, anyway. Does that fucking feel fake, huh? 
Does that feel fake? Oh, no, no. Just... Why don't you come down tonight, and before I kick his ass, I'll kick your ass. Let's get into our game that we got. Um, McKenna, set us up. Let's let's get into Doom 64. Doom 64 is a first-person shooter developed by Midway Studios under the supervision of id Software. A sequel to Doom 2, you play as a space marine returning to a Mars moon base you once saved from demons. But the demons are back, and you're the only one equipped to deal with them. You'll explore levels, collecting keys, uncovering secrets, and killing these horrifying demons with a variety of weapons, such as the Super Shotgun, the Unmaker, and the BFG. You'll also have to be careful of radioactive waste and moving ceilings that will crush you if you don't move quickly. Find each level exit to progress through the moon base and eventually the depths of hell where you will meet your doom. So, Andrew, we, you, you already mentioned a little bit some of your background. Uh, it sounds like you're a big fan of this game, but just Doom in general. You, you said you started off on, on the PC. Yeah, that was one of my first experiences with a video game was being a, like, toddler and sitting on my... Like, to clarify, I'm 30 years old. I have two kids. Like, I feel like a feed is talking about this, but, like, uh, no, just being a, like, you know, three-year-old or whatever and sitting on my dad's lap and playing Doom with a keyboard. Um, mm-hmm that and uh, eventually quake later as well um i don't know i think that was just uh my dad was really into games up through like 2010 ish or so we kind of fell off um but uh it happens to us all we're well not yeah, necessarily for sure, but, but <laughs> where you're like i i don't follow this there, as closely yeah uh, there, there are some life paths i guess we're just kind of doesn't work out anymore i don't know man it's not important the important thing (laughs) is i played a lot of doom as a kid because it was just around um i don't know when i even became aware of doom 64 it would like none of my friends had it or anything um Mm. it was just a thing that i bought years later i mean you can see the like ratty old stickers that i peeled off of this copy whenever i bought it yeah but that that however long ago that picture you sent me made it look gorgeous I was oh. like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to lean into the aesthetic of like torn off old like rental store stickers or whatever that was um on that cartridge anyway uh yeah i don't know i picked this copy up some years ago and i remember thinking it was extremely cool and doing a lot of the things that i loved so much about the ps1 version of doom which is kind of my go-to favorite doom experience um for sure yeah but it was you know doing so with um a lot of other really impressive technical things that I didn't understand much better until later on when I you know, began my career in game development and started to learn how some of this stuff works. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it, except for the reliance on the password system, which is, was just a bit, I don't know, that was a step too far for me, I guess, in terms of like being able to really like sit down and commit to getting deep into the game, I guess. Like I never bothered. I never bothered to write it down after oh, yeah. finishing a session or whatever. I was just like, I will just sit down and see how far I get, and that's that's how I play Doom sixty four. Yeah. Uh, up until um, the Night Dive re release a couple uh, years ago on the Kex Engine across all oh modern platforms. I'm not here to read marketing <laughs> copy for them. I just really uh, appreciate <laughs> them 
uh, very dearly and everyone there that worked on this thing. Oh yeah, um, it's one. It's I'm wonderful. Sure you, mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys watched it, but uh, John Ledman from Digital Foundry did a really good uh, kind of like interview video with a couple of the people on no. that team specifically. I oh yeah, here, I, I'll, I'll drop it in the chat while we're talking. Please, but, uh, because I watched their video for Turok and I just I I had a similar appreciation like. I read a little bit about the Switch or like the remake that I was playing on Switch and um, I, I was developing just an even greater fondness for like the people who are like remastered, showing these games love, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And uh, it's been a really, really excellent way to, I think, bring this game to more people, not just because it's now more accessible and on things that people still have and are not a giant pain to hook up to a modern television um without it being disastrous but uh it's also <laughs> right. just got some really uh really impactful changes and quality of life things to the game itself in terms of the way that it renders things and also just like having normal save and load functions as you would expect and all that um and i just am very very grateful for that addition which i've now played through on three different platforms i think since it's come out i just fired it up on steam like 10 minutes before we were recording for the first time but i played through it on a uh, playstation xbox and switch i guess over the past couple of years right on yeah Play that one i did at this point I, I don't yeah sorry go ahead well we were we were playing the original and we did have like there what there is like a save system in there it's just like yeah, did i completely just misunderstand how that game works all these years because that's a distinct <laughs> possibility <laughs> I, I, I think so, but I think to oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> to your credit, we were having this actually with um our our last game in FIFA soccer where mm -hmm. I could not change the second team and then uh it was our, our buddy Ryan uh from Standard Definition Gaming who was like, Oh, you just mm -hmm. you just have to hit the B button. But like it's just not intuitive <laughs> at all. And that's how the saving in Doom sixty four is too. You have to go into the password menu to access the saving right am i oh yeah yeah you can go into the password menu and then you can go they do have like files that you can save onto and you have to hit never saw that before <laughs> you have to hit c left and c right at the same time what to save it's like okay, in, uh, that's, I feel a little less bad now. It remind me of a lot of uh, Link's Awakening, <laughs> where you have to press all the all buttons the to save. It's like that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it is in there. I thought, I thought the saves were like awesome. I mean, granted, like I played the the remaster, but I I frequently, if I if like my health was low and I had like all my cool weapons that I didn't want to lose, I'd like okay save, and if I died, I would like immediately just yeah. load up my last save, like immediately. I also noticed too. I I had a time where I forgot to save, and then I died, and I was like, oh. But then I, I was like, I went into password and it had a password automatically typed in and I hit it and it like loaded up and I had my stuff still. So I don't know if there's some weird thing they did or maybe I just got lucky or something, but I like basically had it had my password in there for me somehow. I don't know what type of magic occurred to <laughs> no, me. My father happen. told me you got to be good to be lucky, goo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you it, hadn't turned it off, right? It might have still been in memory or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I hadn't turned it off. I had just died, and I was like, "Oh crap, I didn't save." And I was like, "I gotta do something." And I went in there, and it was just I don't know. I just I'm good. I'm lucky. Wait. Yeah. Right like on. so, I misunderstood. I don't know. Like the even in this new one, the pass, the password system is is um 
confusing, but it's a force for good in the remake. Apparently, you know. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't know what it was for because I was like, well, I can easily save and load. Like, what the hell do I need passwords for? Like, so I I, I didn't even use them at all. But that now that you say that, that makes much more sense if you have like a specific like like load that you want to like re like reload if you die on a level. That's that's probably exactly what it's for. Mm hmm. I'm thinking. Well, well, Andy, how about how about you? All right. I don't even know. Um, uh, Doom. Have, have you encountered this? much in your life is this a, a series you're you're pretty familiar with um no honestly i have um like two connections to the doom series and both of them <laughs> i know were them. made later in my life and one is you gooey fame and and through virtual theater which is our podcast about you know video game movies and the stories that shape them that was <laughs> the uh that was like the first like I think Doom that I watched. <laughs> what an entry into the series. And I, yeah, I was like, this is wicked. It has, you know, we got The Rock, we got Carl Urban, we got this monkey. Like, this is sweet. And then uh, Doom Monkey. Um, over over on my my other podcast, which is about Metroid, it's called the Omega Metroid podcast. One of, uh, so there was, it started off as a, as a fan of the show. And, event, and eventually he's now like a very good friend of mine and a co host of the podcast. But, the this guy's name uh, well his real name is reese but his his screen name is was Duminal crossing because you might remember that like doom eternal and animal mm -hmm. crossing came out in this it was like the barbenheimer before barbenheimer sure um, yeah <laughs> so like it's so like he he was always just like dude you gotta play doom it's it's so good play the bethesda ones play the you know doom eternal is my favorite game yeah so so i was like you know wow. what Okay, so so I went and bought both Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, and I haven't quite gotten around to play Doom Eternal yet, but I, I played the entirety of um, of Doom 2016, and I was like, I was really impressed. I don't know, like, what I was expecting, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite what I was expecting when I, when I finished it, and I would say the same thing about Doom 64, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, like... You know, like I mean, it wasn't Metroid Prime for by any means, but it it wasn't like it wasn't like a stand. It didn't feel to me like a standard first person shooter. Just like go in waves of enemies, go in waves of enemies. Like even though that's kind of what it is to an extent. So yeah, I, I don't have like a ton of history with Doom, but um, mm -hmm. you know, everything I've played has been like like pleasantly surpassing my expectations. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I think. Doom 2016 focuses really heavily on one of the aspects that I think construct the sort of identity of Doom, which is arena combat. Um, and that is, I think, primarily that game's focus is just putting you in cool rooms that are fun to jump around in and blast stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it largely fails for me as a Doom game, because uh, there's just so much more like to me, Doom is a dungeon crawler, first and foremost. Um, I can see that, yeah. Like, the things that I love most about Doom are the feelings after you've... You feel pretty confident that you've already cleared a map out and you're now running <laughs> around hunting for, like, keys or secrets or whatever. And just, like, it ends up contributing to your own kind of internalization of this base that you're in and uh, the kind of, like, map that exists in your head. And you're, the navigating of that space kind of becomes the game for me. And occasionally... Um, you know, you'll turn a corner and you know, 
hell knight or something will pop out of a wall that you didn't know was a secret door <laughs> like, while you're just button mashing. I, I killed around. you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it says, God, there's still stuff in here. Okay. Um, like that's really fun for me. I like that part a lot. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm really drawn to the PS1 uh, port of Doom, which has all of the, you know, colored sector lighting and uh, mm, very pretty. Lighting. I'm sure we'll get into the Aubrey Hodges soundtrack stuff oh, for this definitely. later. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. And that, like, that. That and also a lot of the things that Doom 64 focuses on are things that tend to be uh, what make Doom so uh, important and successful to me, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, 2016 is a very uh, fun video game, but I think it is uh, it is a much bigger and more like fleshed out and expanded version of one of the like, I guess, pillars if we want to use marketing speak again uh of what doom is in my head i guess and yeah. then uh eternal just like runs so hard in one very specific direction <laughs> that i just don't want anything to do with in terms of my personal taste or whatever um mm-hmm. i do have a soft spot for that movie though that's one of the last times we got actual <laughs> good practical effects and like you know yeah. big budget horror and, uh, that yeah. was dumb as hell. I love it. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You got Dai I, Jones I can't agree with what you're saying. <laughs> like, it's great. I mean, it's very bad, but I enjoy it immensely. I feel like like my my expectation for Doom, um, and I'm talking just in general, like Doom 64 and Doom 2016, it was just like a big dumb shooter where you just like shot aliens or you know people from hell, like Martians or whatever it is, and like it kind of is that, but like. I was I was impressed with like the exploration and the platforming and the I guess like the amount of secrets and stuff like I, I, I just I guess I wasn't really expecting that from Doom like I was yeah. kind of picturing it like every other first person shooter where like you have like three objectives that you need to go do you can just quickly fire them off you can you know you could defeat the enemies if you want maybe you don't have to um, so I, I was like. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I went in with like lower expectations, but like everything I've played from Doom has like far surpassed them for for me so far. Yeah, I think if you don't have any experience with original, like you know, old two D ass Doom these days, it's it's like I think original Resident Evil with the volume turned up. It's much more <laughs> sure, in yeah. the Metroidy territory, except you can run at fifty five miles an hour and you have a bazillion shotguns. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's why I was just like, "This is sweet," because like you know, I'm I'm a Metroid guy, and I was like, "Dang, yes. this is this is cool." Like you're going back and forth. Like there's some backtracking some Metroidvania and... ingredients in that stew, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I might also recommend speaking of Night Dive, their recent release of Power Slave Exhumed is also very much in oh. that <laughs> okay. vein. That was another um shooter from around this era um that had. Saturn PS1 and PC ports. Each one was a completely different game. I believe the PC was a build engine game or something. It was much more like Duke Nukem 3D, like a 90s ass shooter. (laughs) Um, But the Saturn game was Metroid Prime, effectively. Like it is Metroid Prime with a level select screen, like on a map. Um, No, that's actually not. (laughs) You exit an area and that takes you to a level select screen. So you can like kind of teleport to other areas and stuff. But they are still all interconnected. And it's very much like. You go finish one level and you get these cool sandals because everything is like Egyptian themed because they used I don't know if they named it after the Iron Maiden album with all the weird like cartoon Egypt stuff on the cover or what 
for Power Slave, it's not cover. important. <laughs> um, it was by Lobotomy Software who did like the Saturn port, <laughs> Quake, which is amazing, um, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um, I don't remember how we got here. If you want, <laughs> if you want the first version shooter that feels like a blueprint for Metroid Prime, go play Night Dive's re-release of Power Slave. Yeah, we're again. I'm not. <laughs> You're chilling. We're chilling. Like we them. get it. We get it. You're chilling. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I can't say I've ever heard of Lobotomy Software, but that's like by far the best name for a video game company I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, dude, they rule. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. As I'm playing it, I am. I, I was having a similar feeling where I was like, some of these levels, I'm like, these are like Zelda dungeons almost. And this is yeah, totally. These are the first 3D Zelda dungeons I think ever in existence. <laughs> yeah, you could put it that way. I mean, someone did rebuild all of the original Zelda in Doom uh, not too long I ago. I believe that. That is awesome. And it's Yay. remarkably one we for gotta, one. We it's, gotta check that out. We definitely gotta look It's that pretty up. all right. It's just NES Zelda in first person, and, and you have a shotgun. But, you know, it's well, pretty awesome. McKenna. Hell yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any background with the Doom series at all? I don't think so. No. Right? Okay. Uh... I've always tended to avoid first-person games. It's just, I don't know. I every most of the ones I've tried have just felt like uncomfortable playing. Like you can't get used to the the controls and the never style. Yeah, but um, I don't know. This felt this felt a little different than uh, most of the first-person games I've played. Maybe because it's. I don't know if it's because it's just like the style. It's it's older. It's got kind of different feel to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like it's like um, the DNA of like a lot of later games is in there. But I guess you, know. you also have like one less plane to worry about. You know, I only have to, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to aim up or down. Yeah, it's, true. Uh, it's a little simpler. It contributes Which, to wait, that was weird too for me to get used to. Yeah, yeah it's I remember, a 2D game. Like I started, I was like, how do I get the guy up there? It just yeah, it'll oh, do no, it for okay, you. Okay. It does. I feel like that stuff. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh, uh, sorry. I was gonna say I feel like that stuff clicks into place mentally when you learn that all of the walls and like elevated floors and stuff in the game are all fake. Yeah, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. It's all. It, it is a two D engine that is just yeah. That's so. That's so cool to me. Like that's so impressive that they yeah. that they do that. Um, but I I like I actually like that element of the gameplay because it does like. Um, it like like there are the parts of the game where you know you're running around and and looking for stuff, but then when you are in those moments of just like shooting and stuff, like it it's still like very fast paced, very like strategic, like you're dodging and stuff. But just mm-hmm. taking away the like up and down, it just makes it so much more like, all right, here we go. Like nothing. I just I it's time to shoot. Yeah, it's time to shoot. Yep. <laughs> and I, I kind of like too. Like even if you had an enemy that was like it looked like they were on like a higher elevation than you, you could still shoot it. Yeah, and it was just like, <laughs> and it went right up to their nose. And I was like, sweet, this is awesome. I'm, Which it, also, <laughs> speaking of Zelda, took me took me a minute to like wrap my head around too. Is that you can in fact jump in this game, but it's like it's like an Ocarina of Time when you just go and you jump automatically Mm. once once i figured that out i felt like my movement was like really rock and rolling so yeah there i but i love just like you know you have the enemy you can move so fast like combat was like so it was so slick in this game so slick yeah especially in that that remake where you can just have run always on you're like yeah i'm just running i (laughs) there's a couple times i ran right off the edge of stuff but i know i had to take one off because i was going too fast and i was like (laughs) running way past everyone i needed to shoot it's 
freeway speeds, man. Um, my uh, my background. I have some background with the series. Actually, even before this, I have a similar backstory uh, as you, Andrew. Where when I was really young, uh, we had a like we got a computer. It, it was actually probably well after Doom even came out. Um, but I, I was actually maybe not. But I was I was pretty young. Um. And we had a computer that had, and it was like DOS, where you had to like type in. We only had that for a few years, then we got like, you know, you had whatever Windows or something. Uh, but we, I had DOS for a little bit, so a very brief period where I was like four or five years old. I was like typing in commands to bring the game up, which felt like it felt magical <laughs> to like you'd be <laughs> like, I I type in a little command, and for some reason a video game appears. It's way different than plugging in my NES and and turning it yeah. on but okay but um we had on our first computer we actually had uh Wolfenstein 3D uh yeah. and i that that is actually more so for me like the one just cuz of nostalgia you know that it's like uh we sat down and played that one a little bit too what did you think mm-hmm. about that McKenna i mean it's that it's was, i guess it's similar it, in a lot of ways controls pretty similar yeah it, uh it was fun we had fun playing it but it's still like still playing it like just the vibe and even though there's some things especially now learning about making it where you can see like the limitations they had and everything there's just something about being in that game that it still blows me away um so that was like kind of actually what i knew for a while and then doom was just so big that it was everywhere and i even i the the original game you know had sort of the uh that shareware release where like people just got the first part of it for free and i i before i think it was even before the meme of like doom runs on anything where like i would just go places and they had doom and i like i don't know if they even knew they had doom for example at my local library which is just a like one room in the small town i grew up in the town of 500 people one loom library they had two computers that had you know Oregon trail sim ant <laughs> And then Doom was on there, and I I don't think they installed that on there. I think someone else got a copy and put it on the library. Some blessed soul, yeah. And then wow. yeah, I I had some friends who had the uh, the PlayStation release, so I played a little bit of it. But it was always that was always one of those I, I've talked about like a lot of those type of games that I viewed as sort of like, uh, especially that PlayStation version of like oh, that's, like, the cool kids game. Like, I don't have the PlayStation. I'm, I'm, Because it was, like, I think the Nintendo to PlayStation ratio was... It was more, like, everyone I knew who had a PlayStation also had an N64, if that, in, mm-hmm. in my town. So it was, like, wow, they're they're awesome if, if they have... <laughs> and, and it's, like, violent and all this stuff. So it's just, like, I I could never have this game, you know? Just, yeah, and you go home and pop Mario 64 back in and just <laughs> all these cartoon cowboy sounds with the music. It's just, yeah, it's very, very different mood. Um, with yeah, it's it's hard to in in just this episode where we're not even talking about the it's hard not to bring up, you know, the original Doom. And it's and it's it's almost impossible to like sum up its impact on gaming as part of a conversation like of doom 64 but it's almost like it's almost like it's hard not to like the doom 64 like exists sort of in the shadow of the original doom which was uh revolutionary <laughs> at the time um 
but this game itself is a little it's i i would say i mean you're seeing now more attention paid to it now but it it feels like it's almost like a hidden gem or something like it doesn't get treated i feel like maybe i'm wrong i don't think it gets treated like with the same reverence or like um you know in the same conversation as like doom and i think there's a couple reasons but i mean what do, what do you guys think about that i mean if i may like i so and and you know this is this is not accurate to to the game's quality but just like as someone that didn't grow up playing doom or whatever I, I the general perception that I always had of Doom, like the franchise, was that the first one was really good, and then basically every other one wasn't that great until like the 2016 remake. And and uh, like you know, like I said, I've never played any of them, so that and I'm sure that that's probably not true because I really enjoyed Doom 64. Mm-hmm. But that was always the perception that, that I feel like I had, and and I think I picked that up from maybe the circle that I was in granted I, I was in kind of a Nintendo circle and I don't know that you'd really associate doom with Nintendo very much um, if at all, but like doom 64 yeah. in particular, I feel like, like I, I told you this a couple of weeks ago, goo when, when I was playing and I was like, this is actually pretty sweet. Like I just, I think I'd always just kind of heard or assumed or, or whatever that it was just kind of like, like I said, like this, this schlocky kind of, eh, game you could turn your brain off and and go shoot some demons or whatever so like i was uh i was i was again pleasantly surprised yeah it has it it i feel like it did have that perception a little little bit like but not andrew i saw you cringing when i was talking about my (laughs) yeah oh no i'm sorry like like, oh my heart The the Doom Three liker has logged on. Um, <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> well, but no, I think um, that's fair. There are two very uh, specific phenomena that I think are kind of important to like setting up the context around Doom sixty four. The first of them being like this is around the era where Doom started to split into two kind of distinct vibes. There are Doom games that are all metal all the time, rip and tear. Uh, a chainsaw finds some meat, etc. <laughs> uh, and then there are Doom games that are horror games that uh, also try to empower you to fight back against increasingly. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, escalating. There we go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I got there eventually. Um, increasingly uh, escalating. Uh, you know, threats, etc. Um, those games tend to be darker, slower. Um, yeah, not particularly lit in terms of the environment right well that um, that even happened with the original game itself in a way because you had yeah. the different like it was such a big pc hit and then it, it they got had to port it to everything and exactly. it was particularly that playstation port you mentioned that that was the one that had the the more the more moody lighting and then the the change of the soundtrack that changed the vibe so while the game played similarly you even had within the game itself you know like it's a vibe shift if you will (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's exactly the other um thing that i was going to talk about is like because doom was the biggest thing in the world at the time um you know famously there were more copies of doom installed on computers than microsoft windows for a while (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so it's 
this gigantic thing. Everyone wants a piece of the money that is coming in. All these different companies are licensing the rights to distribute their own ports to different uh, home console platforms and stuff. And all of them are each each one of those is a different kind of story of how it came to be and why it has the various restrictions that it does. Um, for example, the Jaguar port um, was I think that might have been the first console port. Am I making that up? No, is that the, that's anyway. the no music one? Or exactly, I, yeah. because it needs uh, <laughs> the, the Jaguar doesn't have any kind of built in audio hardware. So a lot of games don't have any music because they're using the um, the backup CPU in there. Is it just next 68000 or something? Anyway, um, for co-processing. So it can't play music because it needs as much horsepower as it can get to remain sort of playable. Mm. Um, and every different port in that era kind of has its own unique mood and rhythm of play because you see like uh, i don't know i think the thing that's most interesting about the way that doom kept getting ported throughout the 90s was you see a lot of different studios show their own um priorities in terms of what they valued about that game in terms of like oh, where yeah. they had to make cuts mm. and what they wanted to support so um a lot of cases for hardware reasons that's like cut everything that we can to keep the frame rate into like double digits at least um so that people aren't getting you know like horribly car sick trying to play this thing um or like the super nintendo port by randy linden uses the super effects chip and like has to cut the horizontal resolution in half so everything's super I, chunky i don't think i could play that uh, version i was looking at footage of it and i was like it oh, ain't great boy <laughs> Why even bother uh, at that point is how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's kind of no reason to now aside from either nostalgia or just like academic purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's an example of like even the Super Nintendo people were trying to figure out how to, to get Doom running on that thing. And uh, I think Randy Linden and his team and the quote unquote reality engine that they built for that thing is at once extremely impressive and also kind of yeah. just not i gotta give it really up to him super valid you know anymore I mean? <laughs> these days oh totally the fact that it runs at all is amazing um and the fact that it is a bit more playable than some other versions of the time is incredible um but that all kind of fell off around 95 ish i feel like once ps1 and saturn ports were out it was like it was kind of on the tail end of the bigger initial doom craze and like a lot of these home ports are like throwing in a bunch of levels from doom 2 and expansion right. packs and stuff just to pad it out and have a big thing on the back of the box it's like we've got a bazillion levels most of them are all right um <laughs> and <laughs> i i think that very helps era. add to the perception of this game though because it was ported to everything and then like you said uh, yeah usually badly yeah around yeah. 95 like like quake is on the horizon right or it's it's coming out yeah. and then 96 i believe yeah and then something we said in our turok episode but goldeneye is right around the corner so that exactly doesn't help. Yeah, same year but then doom 64 i think there's a couple like um perceptions that i got from like reading reviews from the time but one that i sort of get is like that it even some of the marketing or like the way it's presented is like, oh, this is a reimagining of the original Doom. But when you play it, like I played, I played both, 
Um, and I, I played some of a bunch of different Doom games, but I'm playing this. I'm like, no, this is this is like a new game. Like this is a sequel. It is a completely different video <laughs> game. Yeah. And McKenna said it in your reading. It's a sequel, and like mm-hmm. it, uh, mm-hmm. it, I, it reminds me a little bit of like it, like the Wii U almost, where it's like, yeah. I think some like that's what I mean. Like it, it <laughs> like to me, like having never played Doom, it just seemed like it's like there was like a confusion about all because there's like a thousand different ports of doom but like Mm -hmm. all of them were kind of like they seem to be haphazard anyway i mean like you were just saying like some of them the consoles could barely run them so it's just like it it seemed like it seemed to me like at the the time to use the more modern analogy but it, it was like it was like Assassin's Creed when it was like really bad, <laughs> putting out like a bunch of games every year. And then they did that like reset where they kind of like took a couple of years off and then put out like one good game and then the other like that. That I feel like Doom lived in that gray murky area to me for like 15 years. But it was like maybe more they're putting out they're porting the same game. So it's like even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with different things wrong with it. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> Doom 64 comes out and it just says Doom 64 on it. So if you don't know, you assume it's like, OK, good. They ported Doom again. Great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing runs Doom. Great. Um, yeah. But uh, I th- no, it is a completely different game. It's I th- wild. I think that perception they like. Well, they another reason why is it's not developed by id Software who. Right who made doom so i think maybe there's some we're in the process of falling apart at the time <laughs> yeah so so we're going through some fleetwood mac shit at the, yeah <laughs> exactly so like there's 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 probably a lot of stuff with that and also i think then so they're not going to call it like doom 3 but they probably could have right and they totally could have. technologically it's a huge step up like this game is not fake these those walls and buildings are real you can have floors on top of floors <laughs> whoa <laughs> it's wild yeah but that also does mean it's got like these you know ridiculously complex level designs and stuff in comparison to what could have been done before and uh a lot of new art and they brought in like changed versions of like weapons from doom 2 and stuff so like they have all this opportunity to play a lot with both the exploration aspect and the kind of dungeon crawling aspect and also um they can just do a lot more with the combat so it ends oh, up big time, yeah. Being this weird mm-hmm. experiment of like, what if Doom, but a few years later, um, in a post-quake <laughs> world. I don't know. It's it's a fascinating thing. I think the other thing that I think it's kind of almost the opposite of of the public perception thing I was saying. But I think uh, some reviews I was finding of it were were not thinking of it as um, this is this is a port or whatever. Like this is more of that Doom, but they were like looking at it of like, okay, this is this was like a sequel to this game, but they like a lot of people weren't seeing like, what's the difference here or like, what's, mm-hmm. what's it really bringing to the table? I think just from like the core gameplay, some reviews I was reading were like, you know, Oh, like you can't, you can't jump, you can't swim, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're, they're like, cause doom from Wolfenstein, I think was like, people were seeing like the jump of like, Oh, this is, Right. This is how things change. I think if you're playing this at the time, you might not. It's like it looks better and stuff. And like, I think there are when you break it down, there are these new like Zelda Metroid type things, like aspects about it even more so like they I think they do evolve some of the puzzle things from the original Doom and, and have some unique yeah. stuff. But I think just like at the core gameplay, I think some people were viewing it as like, 
okay, like this isn't like revolutionary like Doom was, you know. So it had it had to like kind of live in its shadow in that sense too. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's also just not quite what they were looking for um, because Doom, it, you know, classically speaking, it's got that Bobby Prince soundtrack, which is a bunch of MIDI like ripoffs of like Metallica and Megadeth riffs and stuff, and it's just like all up in your face and it rules. I say ripoffs with like all of the oh, affection it's so in my sick. heart. It's yeah. so um, sick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Doom 64 has polygons. It's got colored lighting. It's got, <laughs> man, going back to the Aubrey Hodges soundtrack, um, that dude was just doing all of these like industrial experimental, like really dark ambient soundscape type stuff for all of the yeah. like home port Quake games at the time. And Doom 64 is a spooky video game in ways that Doom Doom kind of rarely dipped its right. toe into doom mm -hmm. has its moments but it's like this is like yeah. i'm not it's like almost constantly like pretty scary we, we were pretty yeah. I, oh like, yeah mckenna yeah. actually got uh you got pretty spooked right oh yeah like they they would just put stuff in that that sounded like monster sounds or something. Oh, the like same, in the sound. Yeah. Same, same thing was happening in like Turok where they'd have like where it'd some, be like, some yeah growl <laughs> in the soundtrack. So I'd be like, is there something there? Like what's going on? There's like babies crying <laughs> in the soundtrack and yeah, stuff. These rando sounds. I, I agree because so obviously like again, 2016 was the first Doom I played and like the soundtrack to me for that game was like a highlight because it was like it was ripping tear. Let's racing. go. Yeah. And, and yeah, this one, I was, uh, I don't know, I, I guess underwhelmed would be an appropriate word, but it like it was just a different style of, of music and I didn't finish the game, so I, I can't speak with full authority, but like there never was like a there never was like a big like, OK, let's go. Like maybe maybe like the few of the arenas where like you fight a bunch of enemies and like that's all you do. But like generally speaking in levels like there, it was pretty yeah it was like pretty pretty scary pretty ambient pretty like menacing like what could be around the corner rather than like you've got demons right here right now let's go <laughs> yeah it was like it was definitely a little bit more in the middle but i think it's it's funny because it's just like doom doom 3 actually is viewed as such an outlier and it is in a lot of ways but like this game kind of has some of those elements of like like oh yeah where you like sometimes you don't well when I replayed it, I'm I'm comfortable with the game now, so I'm just like I'm flying through it or whatever. But when we were playing, like we were hesitant to walk around. You were yelling. <laughs> you got jump scared. <laughs> what jump scared you? I can't remember. Uh, what it lots was. of things, but well, there. I think the Valid. best jump scare. Well, it wasn't when we were playing Doom sixty four. It was which oh. one were we, we were doing the? Oh, um, we were playing uh, Doom. We were playing Deathmatch on the original Doom. You jump scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I jump scared McKenna, yeah. And, and we were that was I no, we were doing deathmatch. Dylan. We were doing she trusted you, man. <laughs> we were doing cooperative, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so it wasn't even Even better. I I Great. shot I shot you. Because <laughs> you jump scared me. I deserve I'm glad it. you said that. I was <laughs> about to ask how you could sit beside this guy, but that makes me feel better. <laughs> what what do you think the the soundtrack? Well, you got you got spooked by the noises. But we were yeah. we were just sitting listening to it and some of the songs are like mm -hmm. it's it's like a sick album like that they put out. We were like sitting down listening to them. It made me want to play the game like cuz we played it on our on our little CRT TV with, with the N64 and then I replayed it just handheld on switch because it's such a fun game to pick up and play but it makes yeah. me want to play it again but either with like the 
with like nice speakers turned all the way up or with headphones, you know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. really hear those sounds, you know, maybe I've been doing that the entire time we've been recording. <laughs> Are you winning? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you win? Well, first of all, so you McKenna, you, you're not big with like first person stuff, but now we're in this era. We've played Turok and now we've played Doom 64. Like what's your of of this era of like the the early 3D first person shooters? What's oh, what's I'm your not takeaway? I'm looking forward to you having to play Forsaken. I'm so sorry. Forsaken. I don't even know that one. <laughs> it's uh... I remember the really cool box art seeing it all the time at Blockbuster. OK, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I think it's just going to be a really rough jump into some really weird first-person controls. How how did you do with that, or like what what was your just in general your perception of this compared to Turok, or like um, you know? I think. Well, we we did some messing around with. Oh, that the was one awesome mapping. thing. Is the button you can change the button mapping? Oh, on, we kind of switched around a few times. Yes. But, uh, we, we figured got some something good out that mapping. I felt pretty comfortable with. Yeah. Whereas Turok, um, you know, I was playing the like left-handed controls it's instead of the right. Not as much freedom. Um, with them. But I still never mm. quite got, um, you know, as I felt more confident with the Doom controls. Um, also, I think when I, I uh, for first-person stuff. Um, I think I have more more interest in more like horror. Well, oh. Turok does have sort of There's some, some horror, some spooky elements, it, sure. but <laughs> there's fun. Um, <laughs> where like I don't I don't play a lot of first person horror because I'm bad with the controls, but I do like to watch playthroughs. Okay. Of horror games, so this is kind of more. And we pass it around, so yeah. It was. It reminded me sometimes. Of, yeah. Uh, uh, it was similar to our experience with uh, Shadows of the Empire, where it was like, okay, you want me to try this, or you try this one, and I gotta, I gotta tell you guys, actually, the the levels that are like the big arena, like fight a bunch of enemies, are the most fun to watch McKenna attempt. That's when you were screaming. You're like, ah. And, yeah, that's the appropriate response. Like that's. And and McKenna, uh... you're like uh this i i remember when we were playing uh the last of us this is just like your strategy <laughs> this is your gameplay style is like there's danger i gotta back off and like hide and like regroup but in doom it's like they're just gonna keep chasing you you know and it's like you really need to just like i mean there is parts where you like back off go around the yeah. corner but a lot of times it's like you just got to start circle strafing them and, yeah. and mowing them down. Uh, so it's just, <laughs> just kind of hard to do with an N64 controller, it, to be fair. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, you know, more easily said than done. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, my my controls, the controls on N64 are, it's similar to GoldenEye on the joystick where you left and right just turns you, but then you go forward and back instead of, like, you're moving and then yeah. you don't have the other stick. But what we did, we kind of Turokified it a little bit and sort of sort of golden eye a little bit where all all these extra buttons of hold this button to straight I'm like we don't need that. We don't need this. We don't need the map button. And I made <laughs> I made the C pad just up up goes forward, down goes back like so we're strafing with the D pad or the the C pad as well. But then also mm -hmm. it's actually kind of like playing 
Wolfenstein or Doom with the mouse and keyboard where they almost do the same thing, like the mouse and the keyboard like are the same controls, but just having that extra ability to like strafe with one hand and turn with the other kind of yeah. almost gives it a dual stick feeling. And it honestly felt good. Like it feels better on on modern like on the Switch it felt better, but we got we got pretty comfortable with it and again not having to look up <laughs> uh yeah. you're you can do that a little bit more compared to Turok where they had to I think they had to be stricter cuz we're like you need to look, yeah. you need to aim up. So like we have to like force that right. as part of the gameplay, you know. Um but yeah, I think you seem to take to this one a little bit quicker. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> um inter- well, Android, it sounds like you're a big you're a big first person shooter uh player you've no you've mentioned a million I, I games on some of them's you've, you've, yeah 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 did did doom i guess did doom like get kickstart you at all into like wanting to get into game development or does it have anything I mean, to I do with that in the earliest like when i was first playing it no because i was you know i didn't have like a developed prefrontal cortex yet but <laughs> um i think uh later on it's just I, it has been so like Sorry, I've restarted the sentence like five times, and I'm gonna do it again. Um, I believe in you. <laughs> that makes one of us. Thank you. Um, Doom has been a game that has given me more and more ideas and sources of creative inspiration over the years. I find different things to pull from it over mm. time, and I start to, um, you know, get way, way too into my own head about it and start analyzing things too much and um, start unpacking, like, what is the overlap between Doom and, like, Kingsfield, and why is there this spot in my brain that wants these things to connect, and how do I make mm. a slow-paced first-person shooter um, that is primarily about um, exploration <laughs> and uh, all that stuff, and... Yeah. That is, yeah, there's, uh, I have a design document I've been working on for a game that I'll never make um, that has been living half in a Google Doc, half in my head for God knows how long. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's just, it's such a, I mean, Doom is video games, the video game for sure, mm-hmm. um, just in general, but uh, there's still so much from it, um, I think that can be pulled from in so many different directions, both creatively and technically. Um and I think that is a game that uh, is still not done giving. Yeah. Um, especially right. when you consider all of the um, new material that is still being made for it to this day. Like, I love me some Doom a great deal. I've probably played more Doom than most people, I guess. But, like, there are people on another level exponentially higher than me that have just been playing custom wads and stuff for 30 years. Um like those communities never die; yeah. they're still around. And mm-hmm. I, with the whole like my house dot stuff that blew up over the a uh, <laughs> few months ago, uh, I feel like that kind of got a whole new wave of people into um, the Doom like modding and mapping scenes. There are a ton of different like source ports that like turn Doom into a slightly differently tuned experience um, on PC for like how you want to play it, I guess. Um, because if you just run it off of like Steam or whatever, it's like at some super low resolution and stretched out everywhere and blurred to heck, etc. Not but, much care given to it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah I don't know. Maybe they replace those with the Bethesda releases at some point. I don't know. But 
uh, if you want to play Doom as Doom, um, I would recommend go finding one of the many free source ports out there, like uh, GZ Doom or Chocolate Doom or whatever, that people have made explicitly so that you can have both a single icon you can click on your desktop that's just going to give you a good modern version of <laughs> what Doom is. Give me Doom. <laughs> and then also something that you can endlessly tweak into something completely ridiculous um, that has all kinds of, you know, you can add reloading if you want you can make it so Ooh. that it, the camera blinks every so often you know, at regular intervals or whatever you can add a stamina system if you hate yourself you can like <laughs> make it so you run slower if you're carrying more armor and weapons like you can oh get you can turn doom halfway Wild. into stalker if you really want to like you can make doom kind of a mech sim a little bit to an extent um but you can also just uh do things like replace um, all of the sprites with voxels, which just means a, a 3D version of the same thing. Oh, that's like, I, I read that like Doom 64 in particular is, is like one of the most modded games that there is. Is is that is, true? Yeah, is that true? Like, because I, that's one thing I was gonna say that kind of I think also sets us apart from like the legacy of Doom is that like it doesn't have multiplayer, which is a big. Like that's kind of one of the things Doom's known for, and then like I don't, I don't know. Like I was wondering, does it have that same type of like modding thing that the original Doom has? It's weird because for a long time, Doom sixty four was pretty well trapped, so to speak, on the N sixty four. I mean, people had dumped <laughs> ROMs of it online and stuff, obviously, but like you couldn't take that data and out of the N sixty four ROM and just like plug it into. Um, you know, treat it like any other custom wad or whatever and plug it into your PC copy of Doom and run it. It didn't work that way. It's a different game. It renders everything differently. It um, is much more, quote unquote, advanced and complex just because time passed, you know. Um, mm. It came out a few years later. Uh, I forget his name now off the top of my head, but the guy that wrote the Kex engine at Night Dive um, ported Doom 64 to PC in the early 2000s as... Oh, he's been at it for a oh, while. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, I forget the name that it was under for a long time. But then replaced that with what he called Doom 64 EX, which was much closer to how it actually looks on the N64, the way that it handles the like the weirdly specific versions of texture filtering and stuff like that that the N64 does that were not being emulated correctly on PC prior to that. Um, and then eventually that got taken back and refined and released through night dive is you know, what we now know is the modern version of doom 64 and um in that video that i linked earlier where uh john was talking to those guys he was like can you just plug other wads into this thing and like see if you can make the modern version of doom 64 run old doom maps and stuff like custom ones that people made for doom and doom 2 over the years yeah. i've said doom so many times that it's just like doom. a weird meaningless syllable now um I said do more times in a season of Invader Zim in the last 15 minutes. Um, so, uh, did they get it? Did they get it going on? Like, kind of. Okay. Uh, okay. Like, there was some stuff that was playable, but uh, he was saying that you would have to do quite a bit of work to it um, if you wanted it to. Okay. Approximate that stuff pretty closely. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be missing like walls. You know, you <laughs> things need that. that you, you need, need that. To, for yeah. Sure. Um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I breathe. Speaking of, you just made me think of like the night dive remaster again. Like it's something that I noticed from 
the Turok. The here is a flashback 64. There, <laughs> I, I, I only just recently, like, I'm not really tuned in with, like, current gaming things, which is why I no, have No, you this. have a normal, healthy brain. Reserve that, please. <laughs> but these guys are blowing my mind. So, what I like, with the Turok, I mentioned some things, like, it wasn't just like, yeah, they ported it. It was like they went above and beyond and they did things. And they do that every time. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I can't believe they thought to do this, you know. Um, and then Doom 64 had that. And one, one thing that really blew me away is that they they had they had new levels in the game. Yeah. If you beat the whole, it, like lost levels chapter they added there, which I believe it's supposed to like bridge the gap of the story from this game to Doom 2016. I think that's what I, I had read. I feel is like that... if you ask Doom 2016 anything about story, it will punch you in the face. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> um, but well, I think um, the create like who's it? whoever works on the new Doom games is a big fan of Doom 64. I read apparently. Um, yeah, I think Patrick Klepek wrote a piece some years back. Okay. Uh, I think he was still at Kotaku at the time, but it, he was like, Doom 64 is the linchpin that connects all the other Dooms. Uh, I think that might be I true. Kind of, <laughs> I like the Wolfenstein approach where uh, oh, I like games are just like, yeah, everything that says Wolfenstein on it, it it's canon, whatever. All of this happened. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I don't I don't care. I like continuity. You know, we're I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking for a series like Doom. I mean, you're talking about fighting Martians <laughs> and demons like, yeah, I mean, like Carmack's infamous quote about that was he said in the, the 90s that story. I, and I think yeah. the rock and Doom monkey both exist in this like Doom universe somewhere. <laughs> we just got to find them. I need them too. I don't. <laughs> wait for, for my heart i i you got it you have to say the famous quote a andy i think you you would appreciate the the famous quote about story what how does it go oh it's um, i'll paraphrase it but he said story in games is like porn you need a premise or whatever but that's not why you're there or something like you that you expect it to but be there but it's not necessary. i don't care yeah but uh, i think like, he's i think he's right in some <laughs> like maybe that's not the best thing to compare it for to like but... arcade stuff like that sure yeah i mean like well you know, story adds to, well, both games and. Yeah. All right, calm yeah. down. Calm <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's one thing we we uh, Andrew, you and I DM'd about for a minute for a minute a little while back was we were talking about um, with this show like sort of trying to not fully but like sort of one thing I don't like is when like people automatically are thinking about a, a, an old game and the first thing they talk about and every. Like the the tide has turned a little bit on Doom sixty four. There's a lot of videos I saw of people who are like, I love this game, but when they're talking about it and Doom in the videos, they're like, Yeah, it th like these games like r really hold up. And I get I get that saying, but as you said before, it's like, well, not only do does Doom hold up, but it like is video games. You know what I <laughs> like? You play it and you're like. You're like, yeah, this is like all like not all video games. You know, it's a bit hyperbolic, but you know what I mean? Like every yeah. almost everything we know comes from this or and and like a handful of other games. But it's such a, you know, it's such a foundational thing that it's like it's almost it almost annoys me to hear people say like, yeah, Doom holds up. It's like, yeah, no, no shit. It does. What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel, I feel I like there's like certain air, games, air certain hits genres. When breathing is the vibe. That's yeah. That's like. I'd be like saying Tetris holds up. Like, of course it does. Tetris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like saying but, it's but a like, matter of factly. You know, I guess with yeah. Doom 64, it's a little, it's not Doom, but you know, you can be, I'm surprised by it. So, you know, I understand, but. Well, even like not having played, like I've played a little bit of the original Doom, like here and there. Not, not enough to say that I've like played it all the way through, but like 
yeah it's it's just like you know like you you look at a like every genre had like the original final fantasy like of course it holds up it's like that's a role-playing game like that's mm. the blueprint that's you know I what that game is. last year for the first time and it ruled yeah exactly or like goo you and i i mean we were playing like zelda last year like zelda nes it's uh, just like that's one that's one of my, this, one of my this just never games. goes out of style you know it has no expiry date on it yeah you might want to google yeah. the walkthrough but you'll still have a good time <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's true <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's even true. even even in this like n64 is an era like we're seeing transition into a new era of gaming a little bit i guess that's always happening but like we're talking about the password system like this game has a password system and a like not figured out save system <laughs> but uh, like this is also in that era where we're still seeing like you're getting a magazine we're getting nintendo power and there's like mm-hmm. um a, almost oh, yeah. a full wa- mm-hmm. we were like looking at walkthroughs for doom 64 across multiple uh yeah, um, they would break it apart issues. from issue to issue. But, but you know, I was so it's like I feel like even like when someone's like, "Oh, I like I can't play that game without a walkthrough. It doesn't hold up." And it's like, "Well, okay, like it's not that bad to have to look at a walkthrough. It happens, you know." <laughs> I've often yeah. found myself, especially when I replayed it, thinking of a lot of puzzles that I like totally missed and then replaying it, I was like, "Oh, I I should have had this." You know, like I should have <laughs> Like this totally. is this is actually such a good puzzle, and I totally missed it. You know, and it, it happens. I I think it's. Like... I, I had to look up a walkthrough once or twice for Doom sixty four because I was just like I, I was lost. We Particularly, lost. I fell. I I messaged uh, Goo this Andrew, but like I I think it's level seven or something like that. I fell into like the black pit of of Doom. Uh, you know, you're you're supposed to jump across those pillars. And I had to walk through because I was like, how do I get out? Like, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. There's um, like a weird staircase. You have to go. That yeah. one's a little wonky. Oh, the one up on the side with the. Yeah, that's a <laughs> weird, what like, is that? Okay. weird video game. But yeah, that's I mean, that's fine. I had to look up a walkthrough last night playing co-op Perfect Dark Zero with my eight year old. And that's a game that has chevrons splashing <laughs> on the ground telling that. you where to go at all times. <laughs> so, you know, it's no shame. It's fine. It's these things happen. Um. To just be like, we'll do a little Doom 64 focus, I guess. Um, and we can talk about, Andy, you mentioned one, but maybe McKenna, is there is there a standout level that stood out to you? Is like maybe either the, I don't know, the best, it could be the most frustrating or any, anything. Is there any? So you played the first level yeah. in hell even simpler is the first okay. hell hell map and it's called that because it's okay it's I just one area mm. it was like yeah that was the perfect one to see you <laughs> play but you played that oh, we both did because you you <laughs> oh, okay. ran away and and, <laughs> and got blown up <laughs> i'm i can think of one later where that happened oh what one's that um it was the first one where I fought the uh, the spider guy. The arachnatrons, yeah. Or just immediately <laughs> got blasted. By <laughs> Those ones you really gotta, yeah, you gotta keep moving. <laughs> They're quite rude. It did feel like a more, like, kind of exploration. Like, there were a lot of demons outside, and then I kind of had to go explore, like, the inter- interior area. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of levels like that where you're kind of, like, either moving mm. into something or moving up a mm. castle type level which i think is cool that that gave me kind of zelda vibes a little bit like oh i'm in the the dark citadel or whatever you know it's like the demonic version of zelda 
Um, yeah, mm-hmm. one for me. There's, I think it's actually the oh, that's one. Legacy of Kane. <laughs> Legacy of Kane. Okay, that's that's Goth Zelda. That's Goth Zelda. Reaver? No, all right, never mind. Goth Zelda. <laughs> um, Vampire Zelda. Yeah. The I think actually before the final boss, there's a level, and this this really was a a brain teaser like Zelda style puzzle where there's you have to unlock or you have to hit these three switches to open up the end, um, and by them they have the color coded like the three different keys and i didn't realize it at first that it was like they're telling you an order like i didn't realize they're in a different order oh yeah and to mm. unlock each one you have to go it this was very like zelda you have to go to one specific room where they've got the three color switches you have to hit them in the proper order and if you hit if you hit it in a, a one that's not a combination you get attacked by an enemy um, and then once you hit that, you have to go then backtrack to each switch and you have to do it for each one. They each have their own like combination code you have to put in. And I thought that was like it totally stumped me. But I thought that was so cool once we I we might even look that one up. I was like, oh, duh, like because I, I, I have a hard time still even like in Doom being like, OK, slow down. Like take it, like look at look at what's going on, because I'm still just I'm either nervous or I'm just running and frantically shooting, you know. But that one, like I thought that was an awesome puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little hard to fight the urge and like slow yourself down and think in a game where your default move speed could keep pace with a, a cheetah <laughs> going flat out. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And That's what I mean. Like I turned off run just because I was going too fast. <laughs> yeah. Was that Andy was the dark pit? Is that your most memorable level experience? <laughs> um, I, I mean, yeah, it probably was like not necessarily for the best reason. Like I was kind of frustrated because I couldn't figure out where to go, first of all. And then um, I thought what I needed to do was um, like on, on the, the mid, like before you fall into the pit, but like lower on the other side there's like a a hidden secret or whatever like the the little blue ball um that that gives you more health. oh yeah so i thought that's where i needed to go in the level to like progress Mm. so i was just i spent like an hour trying to get over there and i kept on falling into the pit and falling into the pit (laughs) Uh. eventually i got there and i i got the the power up and i was just like oh shit like i i have to go back now and figure out what to do so um but but it was a really cool level like it, it reminded me a lot of like I mean, go figure. But like, it reminded me a lot of like um, facility from Goldeneye, and just like it, it oh, was yeah. like kind of, <laughs> you know, it had that kind of vibe to it, where it was like kind of like close quarters, enemies around the corner. You never know what you're gonna get. So I, I think that was my standout. But I do, I really liked the the level that you showed it up, the even simpler level, like yeah. that. Like as someone that played Doom 2016 first, I was like, this is what I remember. So I was yeah, like, that'll feel Rip very tear. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. But, and that was that was a great time. And like I had my my chainsaw and my like laser gun. I never got the BFG, which is which. Is oh, good. yeah. Oh, what? I know. That's I know. A good one. Oh, uh, you mean the Bioforce gun? The Bioforce yeah. gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it's called. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no. So I, I still I mean, I still got to finish. I want to I'm going to go back and get that and, and really tear it up. But I, yeah, I think that it. level was pretty cool. Andrew, favorite level? I think 
for me, like when I think Doom 64, the place that my brain goes first is one specific level, which uh, again, I was frantically clicking through a YouTube playlist trying to figure out which one it was here a minute <laughs> ago, but uh, map 18 spawned fear. Um, this is the one that always <laughs> gives me a hard time in terms of like trying to remember spawned fear. what I need to do when and where to like actually get to the next chunk of level and i think this is one of the most like densely packed um oh yeah yeah okay visions of what doom 64's like kind of design ethos can be and warts and all you know i think it's a really good representation of what this game is as kind of a vertical slice it's mm. all, all the best and most like kind of frustrating aspects <laughs> of doom but also like like I was saying earlier, like the feeling of being lost and not knowing where to go in these games is something that I like cherish for whatever reason, um, something that I really enjoy. Um, and this level always does that to me, no matter how many times I play through it, because I it's just it's just a lot. It's a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, and I always end up spending like an hour running around this place trying to figure out what i need to be doing when and where which is probably not good but for whatever reason it just uh <laughs> it just sticks with me and i have a weird um uh, admiration for it that no it's that scratches a, an itch that i have too like the getting lost thing there like there's a couple most most of the puzzles of like or like you hit the switch and it does something are usually pretty intuitive and they have a good like hint towards it and like a lot of times it like it blows me away i'm like oh that's cool like of course, this controls this, but sometimes mm -hmm. it is like you hit a switch and it does something somewhere completely different. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you have you to, might hear it. You might not. <laughs> you have to like re-explore the whole level. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you figure out what I level you're talking about? I think it was the bleeding. The, the bleeding. The one after even simpler. <laughs> the bleeding. Oh, the Hell one yeah. after. Okay. What What yeah. was up? That, that, that's the one where it had the, okay. Um the names of these levels even just they're all like Very good. metal yeah okay i i remember the bleeding yeah it's uh that one looks like a map like a multiplayer map a little bit <laughs> it's kind of a shame that this game didn't have that but mm -hmm. mm. um and you meant andy you mentioned weapons um what was what did you have a favorite weapon to shoot oh, okay you were always on the chain gun i feel like yeah i did like being able to shoot a lot although um <laughs> too, i yeah. did when i had it the uh the chainsaw the chainsaw i'm always too <laughs> afraid to use the chainsaw it's just fun to just i love the chainsaw tear a demon in half Amen. <laughs> good i was embracing the chainsaw uh last night i was playing some original doom and i was i was like okay i got the chainsaw like i gotta use it you know so i w like once i force myself to use it but i'm usually like I'm like, I gotta stay back. <laughs> I did like yeah, the uh, Unmaker design wise. The yeah. Unmaker, you pick it up and it goes, uh, what the fuck is this? Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gone from ex ex uh, Existence, but it's got like a pentagram card into it. It's, yeah. It's uh, a team that shoots hell lasers. And who doesn't love hell lasers? Hell lasers, <laughs> yeah. It was was that was that your favorite gun or Andrew? Or <laughs> what do you what, uh, what's your main gun? <sighs> Doom 2 onwards, I tend to just default to the super shotgun. Um, Hell yeah. It's a very good answer to most problems. Um, I love it's, it's like that or the chain gun are my fallbacks. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I'm not 
like switching around constantly, but I am a little bit. It's not like Eternal where that game needs you to be constantly juggling a thousand different proverbial chainsaws, whereas Doom 64 is like, what if we give you one chainsaw that has two chainsaws <laughs> on it yeah. Um, yeah. in a very literal sense, um, which I'm always down for. Um, yeah, but... I definitely I know what you mean Doom Eternal. I, I didn't finish and I didn't like that. It was like you had to swap around, whereas in this I like um, I like that it's like there's certain weapons that if I see this type of enemy, I pull out that weapon because of yeah. not just of like the damage it does to them even though there is that like certain enemies are more effect certain weapons are more effective but also just how i use them you know so like if i see mm -hmm. uh an arachnotron i'm getting out the rocket launcher and i'm like standing way back and like <laughs> trying yeah. to get strafe around them and blow them up you know like it's like three and it kills them or something you know yeah, and they give you a ton of ammo for that rocket launcher like they are you do yeah really asking i had, I had like a hundred missiles it was crazy i couldn't believe yeah, it man i would they want you to blow things up but i'm like you're often yeah. in a corridor <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i don't want to have this rocket launcher out in the corridor <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like this is gonna do more harm than good maybe um you gotta risk it for the biscuit buddy <laughs> yeah i mean you'd start like i think that doom is a game that like I think Doom 64 is not necessarily very good at teaching you how to play Doom. Um, okay, yeah. In terms of just, like, the way that... It could, like, it starts off pretty... Uh, in terms of, like, complexity and difficulty, it's, like, it starts off around, like, halfway point of Doom 1-ish, I think. That's a very rough... Uh, sorry, very scientific estimate. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> based off of, you know, evidence and numbers. And vibes, things. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, and mostly just vibes. Uh, but... Doom in general um, is pretty good at, I think, without words teaching you to understand switching guns based on your surroundings and like encounter distances and like what kind of demon you're fighting. Like if there is a pinky demon at the end of the hallway, you're going to pull a chain gun out because that will stun lock it. Mm. Um, you might not like even for someone that doesn't know what stun locking is or means or whatever, it's just like, I know I hold this button down and that thing can't move enough to get to me. Yeah. And that's the important part. Or if something is very close to me and I have the super shotgun out, uh, that problem kind of solves itself. And it'll might you take know, someone else with them too. Uh, yeah, exactly. It might, <laughs> and it might take, <laughs> sometimes it takes out someone above and behind them, you know, a good 20 meters away. It's fine. Um, yeah, and especially like the normal shotgun uh, in Doom 1 has a pretty realistic uh, effective distance, um, which is to say, compared to other video games, it feels like a sniper rifle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like you could see yeah. someone from like well across the map with the shotgun yep. from a window. And yep. <laughs> I, look, that was my go to. Right I, that I didn't even use the super shotgun. Like, I found the regular shotgun was like <laughs> completely effective enough like, yeah. that I didn't want to a really good rhythm ammo. to it, too. Yeah. Like, once yeah. you get a feel for like exactly how much space there can be between shots fired, like, you just you get in a good groove with a Doom shotgun. Oh, it's a very satisfying feeling. <laughs> yeah. And just and then in Doom 3, the shotgun is explicitly a melee weapon in a weird way, but that's for another day. <laughs> we'll get there someday. In a different podcast. Yeah, Xbox. Flashback Xbox. X Flashback Xbox. I said Xbox 64. That's where I'm at these days. I'm, I'm going Whoa, great, guys. That, might, um, that would be the sick. sickest console ever Dang. made. <laughs> um, just in, also in terms of just a minor thing, but the, the like sprites and like the sounds of the weapons themselves like looked really cool. Like you bust... I, 
it's a little obnoxious, but you bust out the plasma rifle and it's humming, you know, and like the BFG, like the like the like whole wind up to shooting it. Yeah. Uh, So satisfying. Um, There was a. I remember there was an anecdote about sound design in the original Doom where they're like the pistol for the pistol we use the sound of a shotgun for the shotgun we use the sound <laughs> of a cannon and like just it's always yeah, got to be at least one so step higher sick. than it needs to yeah. be. <laughs> but like I think one of the crucial things about Doom in general is none of these games really by default until three have like an assault rifle or an SMG kind of equivalent. Like your only automatic weapon really is the chain gun. The chain and the gun. Rifle. That's Wolfenstein um, holdover. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but it's way it was sicker. good enough to take down Mecha Hitler. It's good enough to take down a cyber demon. Damn it! Um, Couldn't but, take yeah, down it's... the predator though. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. In that case, the jungle comes alive and takes you, and it's a whole other problem. Um, but yeah, it it's weird because I think for that reason, and because of the effective distance, like the shotgun kind of ends up being the skeleton key for most of big doom situations, I guess. Oh, big time. Not only the 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 sprites on the weapons look cool, but the enemy like designs and sprites were very cool. Like how they, I believe they made real yeah, we models. Mention, that's all new. Yeah, that's all new. Yeah, which um, it it I it's cool. I find myself comparing and contrasting to the original and being like, oh, I like all of them. I really appreciate what they did. There's some where I, it's like, oh, I like the old design better. Some I like the new, the N64 better. But just the work they put into those, like they it. It has the, it's like they they remind me of like Goro Mortal Kombat where yeah you know. so like digitized claymation kind Dude, of that thing. is spawn on wow digitized claymation yeah was, fighting millions of misshapen Goros what's your what's your favorite enemy McKenna hmm. <laughs> or least favorite I guess the Arachnatron that was our biggest like that fear was, yeah we were the most whatever, scared of the Arachnatron whatever those guys were. were... On screen, I was don't, like, "Oh, I gotta get that guy. I gotta kill him." Don't, yeah, don't, don't play the last level of Doom One anytime soon. Then I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh no, yeah. <laughs> um, hang out with the Spider Mastermind. Spider, that's such a sick name. That's a name. One. Yeah, it's yeah. But yeah, is there one? I don't know. Who who do you like the most? If you had yeah, to pick, like... <laughs> who's the most uh the most charismatic? I think the Pinky Demon <laughs> might be. They're cute. They're definitely in the I don't movie. know any of the really big guys. I'd be I'd just be like, oh, look how big he is. Yeah, when when like <laughs> I'm gonna mess that dude up and he's gonna fall down real good. Yeah, it's gonna be really gory when I kill him. Oh yeah, the animation, <laughs> the death animations are so sick. When yeah, Doom has that thing when like the the bosses start being used as like just regular enemies, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh my yeah. god, <laughs> like you know, you fight a one of those mancubuses or whatever and then now yeah. now you're fighting four of them and yeah <laughs> that always uh how about how about you guys a- andy andrew do you have a you have a favorite enemy <laughs> who, who, um, who had the most riz it, so so it was like a super simple enemy but like every time particularly like every time you killed one of these i don't know what they're actually called but like those like little skulls that have like the flames around them. Oh, those are the worst. And, they, and they would like rush you, but then you'd shoot them and they were just like Yeah. And it like they just looked so like they looked so radical when they were like exploding <laughs> that it so was metal. just like sweet. This is cool. Like it literally looks like um like an old B movie, like when I don't know, Skull Rider or Ghost Rider someone would throw like a or, like in Sleepy <laughs> Hollow when he throws the the flaming skull. And I was 
I was just like, yeah, this is sweet. Uh, they, I, I thought that like most of the enemy designs look pretty cool, though. To be honest, like they they all looked like you know for the era, like pretty like pretty slick. I think I think Goro that comparison is like spot on. Like that these guys look like they could be in Mortal Kombat, like bashing people, fatality yeah. Oh, yeah. people. Yeah, like the '64 versions of the new of the enemies are very like they're a lot more grotesque, I think, and a little bit more like kind of cartoonishly exaggerated. Um, mm -hmm. there's like 15% uh, Todd McFarlane-ization happening there. Yeah. And maybe like a 5% Tim Burton-ization happening there. Um, they're but, edgy. Yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> they are, they're edgier, but they're also a little bit goofier in some ways. Like, they just, mm. they're a little chunky. I don't know. Yeah, It's yeah. like, they're like bulbous in a weird way <laughs> the bulbous i don't know like bulbous does describe a lot of them yeah where like they even the ones where that didn't exist like as a as a defining feature of them like some of them it's like they exaggerate like uh like the caco demon you know they made, made they yeah. made them more bulbous but then other ones i'm like why this one's like even somehow even more disgusting than <laughs> the last one yeah yeah, did you have, you have you have a favorite? If you had to pick a number one, oh geez, I don't know, man. I <laughs> I've, I've been hanging out with the, these guys for thirty years now. <laughs> it's like man, they're all my children, I, you know. <laughs> they they took away the imp's butthole, which is probably for the best. Uh, that's that's the big change there. Didn't think someone yeah. who's played a lot of Doom One will know what I'm talking about. Um, didn't men, uh, like a, a handful of the enemies have like more buttholes, or is it just dude? A, I don't know. I, I think the Cacodemons. <laughs> that was have mostly some... a toss-off joke that no one noticed while I came up with a better answer. Um, I think the Cacodemon has two buttholes. <laughs> Great, who you know goals. Shout out to the Cacodemon. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I love me a Hell Knight. I love me a Baron of Hell. Just a big, mm. mean cartoon, like Tim Curry and Legend kind of thing. Yes. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic movie drop. I gotta, I gotta say, gotta give it to you. This, this seemed like the right crowd for a Legend poll. I don't know. Hell yeah, <laughs> we love that one here. Yeah. Well, um, Doom sixty four. Is there? Is there any? Do you have any other? Any other standout? Any final thoughts on the game? Uh, I feel like we should mention the uh, the end credits. The end credits. You, uh, you get to shoot all the demons. Oh yeah, it, on repeat after you beat it. Yeah. It's it's like in um, like in Smash when you know when you beat like the you thing, shoot the credits. You shoot the yeah, credits. You shoot the yeah. This is that, but it's like they line up all the enemies and then yourself. Yep. Yeah. And you can you shoot them all. <laughs> And then, but then it just keeps looping and it never ends. I love that. <laughs> I was like their name buttered them like they were playing a part there or whatever, kind of like the end of Castlevania. Yeah, um, I like that it was like, and the, the Caco Demon. Hey. Yeah, starring. <laughs> Take a bow. <laughs> I, I always used to love when like you'd be Donkey Kong Country and it like had the credits, but it was like all the enemies in the game and stuff like that. I I love that. Yeah, that stuff's cute. It's like the opposite of um, didn't Miyamoto want it in GoldenEye. Like they yes. wanted, you'd have to like, like shake the hands or something. Go to the hospital and shake everyone's <laughs> hand. Like, sorry for filling you with lead. Oh well, dang. This was I did what I had to do. I, they didn't let Miyamoto near this game, I guess. Probably not. <laughs> like he might have had a few notes. Midway is not necessarily as close as to Nintendo as Rare was at the time, I guess. Yeah, true. We, and we've so this is a lot of Midway. We've had a lot of Midway already. Like that's yeah. been like kind of the primary 
producer of games because they've done a lot of this like primetime midway man and i yeah i like listen to the dreamcast era it's a lot of they're doing a lot of stuff and it's just mm. and it, it makes me think of their it makes you think of like mortal Kombat and stuff like this is an interesting era where it's like it's it's just past like that initial burst of like outrage over fatalities and i think isn't doom 2 is the first game with the esrb rating on it is that true? That might not be true. I don't know. I feel like I should know that, but let's say it's drawn a blank here. I'm sorry. Let's just say it's true. Um, but sure. this, this is like a couple years after no that. But it's still it's before like the backlash to Doom or whatever because of uh, Columbine. So it's like kind of an interesting time where like some people are getting away with stuff on N64. Like you had you had Mortal Kombat and you had um, uh, well Turok. We talked a little bit about some of the, the it could have had more of that type of violence that this game really provides mm. had a little bit of violence and stuff but um mm. yeah i don't know it's kind of an interesting era of uh of gaming like we were we just actually did the 1996 nintendo power awards and we were talking about how like like certain games don't even get mentioned it seems like and it's like the more mature ones so it seems like nintendo is like they're okay with having them but it's not like that's not our our bread and butter though they did give a lot of spreads to doom 64 so mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's just a conspiracy theory <laughs> um, i feel like first two generations of hardware for nintendo power is very much the like state-run media kind of like propaganda arm yeah. kind of thing <laughs> and then time. i feel like once you get into the n64 era where like nothing is selling they're like oh no one's watching anymore we can rate our own first party titles like kind of low and that's okay and that kind of continued uh, into the GameCube and Wii eras where they were just like, ah, whatever. We're just another magazine. It's fine. They they do uh, dunk on people writing into them, though, which is fun. So there's a little bit still of yeah, that. Gotta maintain like... your sanity somehow, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that reminds me of now, like reading comments on a YouTube video I published. And every, every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to comment on this one and say something <laughs> snarky. <laughs> uh I can't imagine getting like physical comments sent to you. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> um, Andy, any any final feelings? Anything else you wanted to get out off your chest about Doom sixty four? Uh, just that once again, I feel like it's it surpassed my expectations, and I don't know. Kind of, I guess, kind of made me like rethink the Doom series. You know, I. Like I said, I, I think at this point it's it's quite clear, like rather unfairly, I always thought that it was kind of like a, yeah, you know, kind of series. So I I felt like actually I felt like very, very like I had some resolve to finally play Doom Eternal, which I've had for like three years now. Um, right. So I, I might even do that. But yeah, like, you're good. <laughs> I was like, I, like all these other games, they're so cheap. Like, I don't know. Maybe I you should gotta, just like yeah. pick them up. Yeah. I would pick them go, up. Go play Doom, man. You can play it in your browser right now somewhere. Yeah. Play it on your many toaster. places. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, play it on a yeah, tab. Like I, I think that it was um, it was a good experience. Like, I, I, I would have never played it if, if not for this. I'm glad that, that oh, I did okay. uh, because I, I feel like, yeah, it just kind of, uh, I, I think I underestimated Doom a little bit. And particularly Doom 64. So it was, uh, you know, it was a good chance to make things right. I think I... Underestimated... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of, like, 
I wanted to have you on because I like I recommended uh, Turok to you because I felt like there was some DNA with like mm-hmm. Metroid Prime uh, with the iguana retro connection <laughs> yeah. was there. And yeah. I was like, you might appreciate this. And I was I was playing this and I was like, I was like, I think Andy might like this. Oh, and also I didn't I didn't really mention, but I believe I, I, I was also reading um masters of doom and doom guy like all the books about mm-hmm. the development of the original original and they mentioned like that they at first had conceptualized doom as maybe doing a uh, video game based on aliens and um which they they didn't really move forward with at all i guess but i just thought there's some you can you can feel some of the inspiration there and i thought andy is you know we've covered so many of the alien movies on mm-hmm. the omega metroid podcast because there's some influence there so i thought you might kind of just the vibe might work with you so i mean I, I think you were right like like i said like i was very very pleasantly like surprised so i you know i was like there's not really even that many doom games so, like why not it's like, not yeah it's not know? hard and they're all they're all yeah. quick to get through i feel like you know yeah yeah totally but Doom is a lifetime game. You can kind of just keep playing it, I think, forever. Yeah. There is the... always infinite Doom. If you have an internet connection, there is infinite Doom. What's infinite Doom? Oh, I just mean oh, like... Oh, just... Oh, I thought... Not capital I, <laughs> infinite. It's I, like a... I thought you were conceptualizing, conceptualizing like a Doom that just never ends. Like someone made like a, <laughs> a rogue-like or like, a you know what I mean? A procedurally generated right, yeah. Doom. I was like, that's a good idea. No, I mean, probably. Let's do it. <laughs> sure, people are doing wild <laughs> stuff with Doom for the last 30 years. Like imagine if Nintendo put out Super Mario Maker and uh, it was like open sourced for three decades and people just kept getting weird with it oh yeah Uh, that's what the doom scene is if you want some weird stuff there's some weird i don't i keep saying weird stuff i just mean like people doing things with the engine that it shouldn't be able to do or just like having really (laughs) cool creative ideas and stuff um and there's a lot of you know croft and filler but like at the end of the day it's still doom you know how how bad can you get doom is doom uh any andrew anything else you wanted to get off your chest about doom before we go uh i mean yeah i can try to wrap that up a little bit i i love doom 64 a lot and i wish that i had played it sooner because it it doubles down on a lot of the aspects of doom that i um personally tend to enjoy most but just generally speaking i don't know man if you have not played a doom of some kind they are everywhere and on everything now i'd probably recommend starting with the first one just because it's there but uh yeah i was kind of vamping waiting for andy to put his headphones back on just go play doom (laughs) Just go play Doom Ass Doom, 1993 Doom. <laughs> that was. I'm sorry, I, I, th- I was hoping you were gonna keep going. My cat's, she's like a, she's like a demon from hell, causing destruction. Mathematically <laughs> appropriate. Yeah, I want to thank both both you guys for coming on. It, it was it was great to have yeah. you. You're expert expert level guests for this show <laughs> well yeah. i was a guest anyways but yeah of course like I level guests. i'm not referring to your familiarity with the game andy <laughs> <laughs> you you bring uh, a certain x factor uh oh <laughs> uh, a riz a riz yeah a riz yeah no th- thanks guys it was uh, it was a blast andrew it was, it was cool getting to to hear you talk about doom a, a game you're very knowledgeable and passionate about this was a great time thank you honored to have been here thanks all um well 
well, Andrew, you can go first. Why don't you plug plug what 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 do you got going on? Sure. Um. So I was um, part of that uh, recent round of uh, bungee layoffs um, that were quickly uh, <laughs> pushed out of the news feed by several more rounds of gigantic layoffs uh, because this industry is committed to eating people uh, yeah. this year. But um, I guess for now, um, I've got a couple um, kind of video essays of similar deep diving into weird stuff on YouTube under the name Mythic Resonance. Um, I just did a big old like half hour video about the most forgotten Resident Evil game that is also my favorite um, for very similar vibe reasons as Doom 64. That, that um, was a fantastic <laughs> video, by the way. And like I nice. never I I consider myself a lover of Resident Evil. But then I'm like looking at this. I'm like, I've never even heard of these games. I haven't played all the games, but which, I just which game were you talking about? If I may, <laughs> Dead I feel like I'm a Resident Evil fan, but maybe slightly more casual. But like uh, I played them all. Dead Aim on the PS2 is my favorite Resident Evil game. So I've, I've heard of it. Weird, I'll give myself thing. that at least. It heard of it. Like you explaining how it works and everything. It like it. It's like wow, they really combine like a light gun game into Resident Evil, and it doesn't. I don't know. It looks very interesting. Like I, I want to check it out at some point. Yeah, it's a fascinating experiment, um, and I think it's one of those weird things where just if it works for you, it's going to work really well, and if it doesn't, you'll know very quickly. Um, but yeah, doing that. Um, otherwise, hire me. I've shipped a bunch of video <laughs> games. I'd love to ship some more. Um, <laughs> I, I actually during this call, my portfolio site finally went live up at elmore.design, I guess is where that is oh, for nice. now. It should link out to most of my other stuff from there. Um, I don't know, elmore.zone on Blue Sky. That's Twitter's dead. What else do we have? <laughs> Co-host, I don't know. We're hanging out in Blue Sky. That's how that's how we met. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think it was uh, Ryan posted something about guesting with you guys, and I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. That that sounds rad. I'll follow that." And now here we now are. Now it's history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andy, you're a plug machine. Um, I, what, what do you want? I, to plug? I don't need to. I don't okay, need to okay. spend too much time plugging. You you can find me on the Zelda Cast Omega Metroid Virtual Theater. Uh, yeah. Can we maybe go, we can go to my Twitter. we can announce on Virtual Theater? We're not doing it for December because we have a flashback tie-in episode plan but for right. for all you doomheads there what maybe we can say in january yeah you want you want to go ahead and, an, and reveal the... I'm, I'm okay with it yeah. okay uh, yeah let's do it we're we've covered doom the the original doom movie we're gonna watch doom annihilation which we have never seen and it reviewed poorly yeah. I, I don't know I, I andrew wait. have you seen that movie no i forgot that existed <laughs> until right this second it came out actually right when Andy and I started doing the show and we're like, yeah, let's mm -hmm. cover it. Let's cover it. And then we just like five years later. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting to it. We're going to do it. M I... McKenna will be there. We're going to doom it up. Yeah. It's going to be a, uh, a good time. I can tell already just by looking at the movie. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely thought you were building up to color of money. Oh, the oh! Doom name came from. <laughs> yes. Hey, that that's not a bad idea. I think I you know, pull Tom I've, I've Cruise to legend. There we go. That's <laughs> I've got a plug. So so Andrew, I work with this guy, and he's like he's into movies in the same with the same kind of taste that Goo and I are. And mm. this dude dropped a uh, 
a Jim Carrey Riddler gif in in our chat today. So I <laughs> I immediately linked our virtual theater episode with the Batman smile going on. Yes. And I was like, we're not just video game movies, baby. We got, we got other Batman in here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got Star Wars prequels. We got So that's the only thing I'll plug. McKenna, do you want to personally plug anything? McKenna's uh, got a YouTube. Yeah, I'm working on some stuff. Yes. Some, oh, yeah. some stuff is some coming. Sh- I'm I'm cooking. For you Zelda fans. I, if you yeah. like new and... the new Zelda games that have come you have you heard about these new Zelda games? <laughs> <laughs> McKenna's got some fun stuff. Yeah. Doing a works. Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom thing. It'll be cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, our next, I should say, our next games we're going to be covering are War Gods and Hexen, uh, which ties into this. I thought about actually connecting Hexen and Doom, but I, I, I we're going to give it some some space to breathe. But I think Andrew uh, will be returning. Uh, if yeah, it, I finally bought a copy of Hexen 64 for this podcast. I'm excited. I played a little bit of Heretic uh, on, on my PC recently just to to get in the he- in the mind space of okay this is a sequel so uh excited to talk about both of those games yeah. also uh war gods midway again i look forward to having nothing to say about that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite our we we got a we got a fight we got our uh our fighting game one of our fighting game experts coming on so we got to thank uh Corey and nico for again crafting the vibe of the show with their excellent theme and logo um go to hell Corey. Go to hell, Corey. Though Corey sucks, yeah. uh, we hate him. Yeah, the Primus <laughs> sucks situation. But... A- Andy, it's it's too, it's too much to get into. But Andy and Corey, there's too, much, there's too much lore there. I'm gonna leave the lore on the table. That's, yeah. Everything Andy, I'll just say everything Andy says on a podcast like pisses Corey off. So and Corey can't uh, he can't get enough of hating Andy. So <laughs> this is a more wind book on the table. I'm going to leave on red. Um, and yeah, you can you can, f- you know, find us on like and subscribe, comment on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. I try to make it be everywhere. Um, I guess. Yeah, we're on we're on Twitter or X or whatever, but we're primary. I don't even post on there uh, except to post the new episodes. Um, we, we got it. But, you know, Blue Sky is the place to find us and where we're, we generally like to hang out. We're posting on there. Um, so come join there. Uh, we got merch on Etsy. Um, we got a Patreon if you want to kick us a buck. If you Google Flashback64 Patreon Etsy, you'll find all the places to fi- find and support us. Uh, yeah, just use AOL keyword FB six four. Email you can email us. You can email us. I've mentioned that before. Wow. We've gotten one email, uh, and you know maybe someday we'll have a PO box. But we're flashback sixty four pod at gmail dot com, uh, and come join in the link. We got our Discord. The Discord is fun. We do game nights, and we've been branching out. We've kind of with the NSO feature. We've started like messing around with games that aren't multiplayer and just everyone takes a turn and we're um, we experienced a little bit of wave race. We had our friends racing each other. Um, Oh, nice. By the time this one uh, comes out, we will have played some pilot wings together. Um, And so we're going to try to we're going to have some more diverse game selections, but we're typically also playing Mario Kart 64, you know, so if you want to come in 
get nostalgic, play some games, talk about food. Food is a big t- <laughs> uh, topic of conversation <laughs> One of our in most there. Active channels. Our active channels, the food <laughs> channel. Um, yeah, come come join us there. But otherwise, uh, again, thanks to both of you for coming on. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next month when we talk about war gods and hexen. you got in there? In here? Doom. <laughs>